listener, grab a seat, because you've tuned in to another Save Point session. Oh I'm my a- god, I actually thought you would. I, I, I was like, wait, but that's not our intro. Oh, wait, shit, you're right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to keep this in now. Yeah, oh no, I, I was hoping that you did. <laughs> I was uh, like, wait, hello, listen, wait, what? No, <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. I had to get used to. Oh, uh, yeah, so it's your host, Dan. And your co-host, Antonio. <laughs> okay, so um, this week we kind of want to take a look at some... We want to take a look at, take a look at fan games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you don't know, a fan game is basically a fan taking making their own game based on a, a really popular IP. Sometimes it's, it's, those IPs have, haven't been had a new game in a while, or they're just doing something that the original IP owners aren't doing. But um, at the end of the day, it's just done out of love, typically. So you're saying it's illegal? Yes, technically, <laughs> the uh, I, the IP holders have the right to protect their copyright, and nine times out of ten, they usually do. Uh, majorities, uh, ones we want to talk about, are have been shut down, usually by one company. There's one multiple. We'll, we'll get to Nintendo very soon. Don't worry. <laughs> For sure. Not not all of them get the ban hammer though. Just the hype ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, so um, I figured I'd start this off with a really like popular one that had a lot of like hype about around it, and let's talk about Pokemon Uranium. That was actually going to be the first one that I I was uh going to bring up. I'm like that that to me is the colloquial example for Hmm. a fan game that went above and beyond just a simple fan game and unfortunately met you know a understandable but unfortunate end so for the listener like what made pokemon uranium so interesting it was essentially its own it was quite literally its own game like it had I remember right, it had like its own type, the nuclear type, which was, I want to say, uh, super effective towards everything, but also weak towards everything. Uh, there were new Pokemon, there was like a, a new region, unique story and everything. Like the, at, at that point, the only thing that was really kind of carried over from the original Pokemon was the system and the base roster. Mm-hmm. And uh, some big major differences is you're not playing a kid. You actually are playing um, um, an actual teenager. Yeah. Which, you and, know, I, I feel like Nintendo should do more of telling you <laughs> Pokemon Coliseum was one of my favorite games in the entire series. And he even, gets, he even had a little darker moment. Your, um, your mom dies in a nuclear catastrophe. <laughs> Oh shit, that's right. Oh my god. Spoilers, not spoilers, but Cause you mentioned the nuclear type and like, yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, no, human humans bring that into fruition. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately with the growing popularity, that meant more attention. And with more attention, that meant Nintendo had to go ahead and send that dreaded season to sis letter. Yep. And like it was funny because if I remember right, like this was like way back. This was like a good, like good chunk of years back. But the game was actually released. Like it was completed and put out there for download. And I think it lasted like 
it was somewhere between a week to a couple months, and then it was just shut down completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, the group uh, who were making it refused, and they kept on updating uh, the game. But eventually, they had to shut it down along with the servers that were holding it. But, you know, because of the internet, it still exists out there. You just gotta do a little bit more digging. And sometimes they'll still add one or two patches. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Pokemon, I feel like we would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about Pokenet. I've actually never really... I've never heard of that one. Which, one's, which one is that? So, Pokenet was basically the Pokemon MMO that Nintendo is, like, sitting on their uh, emergency button with. Really? Yes. So, it was basically... How can I put this? It looked like the original, like, classic red and blue style. Um, you can have, but the thing is, like, you can have people walk around. You catch trade of all your Pokemon from the first two generations. Is that, but you were playing it with other people, and that was the cool part. Huh. Yeah, and um, it it was actually, it was uh, developed, uh, they tried to make it in 2010, obviously, immediately. Nope. Cease and desist. Yeah, um, but that doesn't stop people from either trying to make it or really just really try to manifest that they want that. And you know, it is kind of surprising how they never made it yet. Hmm. I mean, I would, I'd be down for that. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I it's not quite an MMO, but I feel like they're starting to work towards that. With like, what is it? What's the one that's coming out? Like Arceus, Pokemon, something Arceus. Yeah, it's slowly. You're kind of slowly getting in that multiplayer aspect into these games, it's, but it's drip fed. Like it is, like bare minimum at the very least every generation. Hmm. Um, st- sticking with Nintendo, let's talk about um, AM AM Two R, another this, Metroid Two remake. This one I've I've heard of. Um, mm-hmm. I actually was told about this during my initial stream of super metroid Mm -hmm. and uh man i'm really sad this one didn't really uh go too much anywhere yeah so here it was basically a remake of the game boy exclusive metroid 2 with updated graphics updated uh, soundtrack it was going to be a very faithful remaster and obviously metroid fans being the starved kids they are they were all about it and they were just giving me new bosses side side note we yeah. haven't heard shit about prime four since since the trailer since that logo trailer you mean from the uh initial reveal of the switch yeah we we haven't heard shit i'm just i'm just saying you talk, hmm. you talked about metro people being starved and i'm like i don't think people understand how starved they are and we haven't had like a a met a two D Metroid in a while. Like Metroid's kind of gone in the three D direction. We're very lucky to be getting Dread next month. Yeah, honestly, Dread is something that I am uh, anything but dreading. And now this was um, taken down roughly like by twenty sixteen. It was scrubbed. They tried to scrub it from the internet, but of course, it still exists somewhere in some form. Um, oddly enough. Uh, by 2017, Nintendo would actually create a Metroid 2 remake called Metroid Samus Returns for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And that very same team was going to go on to create uh, Metroid Dread. So it's sort of a happy ending we, that we get a Metroid 2 remake that's official and not going to be taken down, but 
Okay, so why? Let's talk about Nintendo here. Why do you think they're so quick on the trigger to send these C and D letters? IP laws is what it really comes down to. It's mm. it's IP laws are one of those things that I wish, just like with DMCA, I they they were kind of built for a, a an era that we're no longer in. Uh, DMCA laws, I fucking hate. Uh, yeah, and but I, the way that you know that that's a whole nother fucking episode. Uh, but with IP laws, it essentially comes down to if somebody if you don't defend your IP it becomes a lot easier for people to just be like, well, you didn't defend your IP, so I can just do this derivative work and make profit off of it. And, and it's fine. And you can't, and like Nintendo wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like essentially if they, if they didn't defend like Mario or Metroid um, enough times, or even maybe just in like the one case where it would really matter, they could essentially lose the rights to Metroid and it becomes more like public and that's it. They can't yeah. do anything about it. It's it's a slippery slope that you just can't let yourself like go down. Yeah, and it unfortunately, sucks. like if you don't, if you there are many ways to handle it, but obviously the quickest and dirtiest way is to just legally tell somebody you can't do this. Stop, cease, and just and also desist. <laughs> and you know sometimes even just like the very idea of it like uh, let's talk about the numerous like unreal engine remake of super mario 64 legend of zelda even golden eye mm-hmm. those are okay first of all I, I i'm gonna give a hot hot take here i'm not all that impressed by those to be honest yeah i, I don't really see what's the appeal why people go so nuts over it yeah like the whole like hd mario 64 and stuff I'm like it's it's cool. It's it's great as a technological proof of concept, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Maybe it's the nostalgia guy in me that I'm just like I kind of like the old just blocky text, you know, textures and the the wonderful glitches. And let me yeah. fucking backwards long jump, man. <laughs> let me wahoo. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know if you can recreate some of those like glitch moves in Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Let's step away from Nintendo for a bit now, and I want to talk about one that I was actually following and unfortunately was heartbroken when it happened. Let's talk about Metal Gear Remake. Oh. hmm So the fan Abby group was called... Yeah. yeah, the uh, fan group was called Outer Heaven. And let me give you some of the pedigree of some of the developers on this group. They worked on titles like Infamous and Gears of War. Yeah, these weren't these weren't like you know fans in the sense that you would think of you know fans like oh there's people that like the games and maybe know a little bit bit of code like these were seasoned developers that mm-hmm. loved the games and might have hated a little bit of Konami but anyway <laughs> and it was gonna be a remake of the original Metal Gear not Metal Gear Solid the original two D Metal, Metal Gear yeah Metal Gear because there were two and, Metal, it was Metal Gear one and two yeah. right and then yes. Solid. Yes. Um, and it got to the point where they even got the original voice of Snake, David Hayter, to join in. Holy shit. Okay, I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. And Konami initially gave their blessing. This is the weird part. Um, huh. Yeah, and, but, but one of the restrictions was, of course, they would not be able to profit from the game, which 
I guess if they were doing this out of their own passion and they own like just wanted to do it, fine. Um, and they were even having further talks with Konami saying if it was a success, they actually might bring in the team to make this official. But here's what happened, unfortunately. Um, apparently, internally, they could not agree in Konami whether or not to let this company, this uh, production to go through. Mm. So the so, person who gave them their blessing didn't actually like have the full uh, agreement of the company and was kind of like, yeah, no, that's fine. But there yeah. were other people that were like, what are you talking no, about? No, it's not. <laughs> and that sucks. That really does. Because I feel like we were literally this close to getting what could have been one of the greatest fan projects of all time. And then it just I takes would, one I or two argue, people. I would argue that would have been one of the best fan games ever made. Mm-hmm. With, the, with the pedigree of some of the people that were on that team and the fact that Hater would have lent, lent his voice. like people. I, I could have seen them releasing it and then Konami being like, well, you guys can't profit off it, but we'll like, we'll buy your work from you or something for X amount and then like we'd sell it mm-hmm. or something. Add, add it in as like a, a mini game and like Metal Gear Solid 5 or whatever, right? Yeah. And it wouldn't be the last time Konami did shit like this because let's talk about PT. <clears throat> the playable teaser for Silent Hills, which, as quickly as it was announced, was quickly canceled. Um, but fans really did love that t- teaser, and so one 17-year-old developer created a PC version of the teaser, and it was released for day like days after uh, Konami demanded people take it down. Wow, that's that's actually really cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Konami's like, no, this is supposed to be a dead project. Um, take it down. But uh, I will say this. This story does have a happy ending for the most part. They actually ended up giving this kid a internship to the developer. That's, that's, not, that's not too bad. It's that's like a the, nice consolation. It's, it's kind of like the equivalent of like hacking somebody or not hacking, but like Telling somebody that finding a vulnerability, telling a company and being like, "Hey, you want to hire me on as like a security expert?" Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yep. All right. Not every uh, not every fan project though ends so tragically. There are some with a couple of really good endings, and I'm not exactly sure this really counts. But I I like to think of Sonic Mania. Oh. As, okay. As that kind of story. Let's get the backstory for this one. Mm-hmm. So, from from what from my knowledge, this is this is my abstract knowledge. So, you know, viewers, correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, please correct us if I'm wrong. Uh, this is like the only game that comes to mind when I think of like that I actually have like some knowledge on. But remember, right? There were some old older devs that wanted to kind of make their own Sonic fan game, and because. Sonic wasn't really touching 2D anymore. It was all about 3D and forces and, you know, colors and generations and mm. 06. Oof. <laughs> but, like, you know, 2D Sonic was kind of just 2D Sonic, whatever. Like, nobody did, like, the pixel art anymore. So they decided to kind of, like, take it on themselves and start working on, you know, their own little thing. And... As as development went on, apparently like Sega heard this and 
instead of like you know sending a cease and desist and stuff they were like hey what if what if you just worked for us we gave you some more resources and we just released this as a sega title and they kind of just like amoebaed this team like officially into sega and had them develop the game essentially in house and it became the game that we know today as Sonic Mania, which I will still argue is the best, one of the best fucking 2D Sonic games ever made. Yeah. Um, and it's and it sold so well. Switch, yep. PC, yep. like PC, Steam. Uh, it got. Um, uh, I don't know if it's a sequel or an expansion of it. Uh, Sonic Mania, Sonic Mania Plus. That's oh, that's right. Yeah, on the like for like PS4 and stuff. We yeah, where they more added characters and yeah, they added Mighty the freaking uh, whatever is Mighty the Armadillo. Was. Oh my god! <laughs> I always thought it was a flying squirrel for some reason. Yeah, it was a flying squirrel. I don't remember if they put Charmy in Charmy the Bee. <laughs> I don't, I don't but yeah, remember. but they took some obscure ass characters, they took characters from not from Knuckles K Oddix and brought him into this game, mm-hmm. like that. And it did so well that people really just like, oh god, I, re- I remember why I love Sonic so much. It introduced me to Hyper Potions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hyper Potions, the guys who, who made our theme song. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, it's a great example of like a fan project. Just, like the best case scenario for any fan project. Yep. Um, now back, now back to the now, now back to the lower end of the roller coaster. Do you remember Legend of Zelda Maker? Yes. God, that so that was a whole lot of potential. Mm-hmm. That uh, I wish Nintendo would have done something with that. Mm-hmm. And because... basically, it was basically Mario Maker, but with Zelda. Yeah, like it's it's such a simple concept, but it's so good. You could like like recreate like fucking link to the past. You could recreate, you know, maybe you could try to do something similar like Wind Waker in two D or I don't I don't know. And that uh, and eventually the company just renamed the game as Runia, but for, it, they kind of lost its traction because again it was kind of like people got attention to it because it was a Zelda maker. Yeah, unfortunately, so they had to change all the assets, make everything legally different. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, it, name and like title and everything does carry a lot of weight to it. Mm-hmm. it like you could tell me, oh, it's Runia, but like, it's essentially Legend of Zelda Maker. It's like, but is it Legend of Zelda Maker? No, no. Then, but why though? <laughs> All right. So let's talk about um probably the last one I kind of want to I want to bring up here at least. Let's talk about the saga of Project M. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> and the ripple that had on the, at least at the very least, on the Smash scene. Oh my god. You know what's funny is after all this time, I kind of forgot that Project M was actually a fan game. Like, I know for a fact that it is. But so here's still, the weird it's part. It's so huge. It's it's a fan game slash mod. It's a mod for the 2008 release of Super Smash Brothers Brawl, where basically they tried to make it more balanced and kind of 
make the gameplay feel more similar to Melee because people live in the past. People won't shut up about Melee. Mm -hmm. What? And and outside of tweaking gameplay, they even brought back characters like Dr. Mario and Roy into the game. Um, But then, and it was well embraced by the Smash community to the point where major events were holding uh, Project M uh, uh, series. Like, Project M became its own scene. Yes, I think there was even a whole tournament dedicated just to Project M. Yeah. Now, a lot of these uh, tournaments would get thousands of views. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years, like like solid solid prize pools too. None of this obviously oh. is sponsored by by mm. Nintendo. These mm. are this so, is all grassroots. So this is a prize pool filled tournament with thousands of viewers on a mod to their uh, to their game. You think Nintendo would be cool with it? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the pro, I don't see the problem. They weren't. No, and, what a surprise. And, <laughs> in 2015, out of nowhere, they dropped development on um, Project M. And apparently the people, the team behind that one is going to go on to make their own original IP. I, I haven't really followed up on that yet. But um, because of that, it, the ripple, the effect of that has been felt recently because even recently we've had mods for even, well, shit like... Uh, Ultimate has actually had a mod going on, or I think so, or still can they try to still play M and Nintendo shut down entire events because they were going to use a modded version of the game. Yep. What was it called? I I, I want to say Dolphin, but I think I've been Dolphin Emulator. Is <laughs> that, that's actually but... a funny story. That's as as a side note, yeah, because Dolphin was the emulator for Melee. Mm-hmm. And like, for a lot of people, it improved. It allowed them to play. The- uh, you you you're cutting off. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the last the la- uh, you might want to start from. Uh, it allowed them to play the game. Yeah, so it allowed them to play melee on a non CRT monitor, which is a always a plus because now we don't have to lug that shit around. Mm-hmm. And it, it allowed also- them to play online too. And it allowed them to play online. And like during the pandemic or the initial lockdown, they wanted to hold like an online uh, melee tournament, which Nintendo quickly said, no, you cannot do that. Yeah. Which, you know, again, understandable, but it's one of those like, you guys are talking about a game that's like two or three releases that like, it is end of life for that. It is past end of life. Like, come on. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, that because of that, a lot of the Smash events had to be canceled or straight up, like, they couldn't even be broadcast. Yeah. Which sucks. So, if, only, uh, if only there was something, you know, like Super Smash Brothers that could, like, offer a nice competition to it. Nickelodeon but, All-Stars! I was going to try to be coy. It's like, but what kind of <laughs> IP could possibly n- compete with Nintendo? Dude, I'm maining Powdered Toast Man. Okay, don't even at me. I am totally going to be maging Nigel smashing Thornberry. Mm. Just for the meme. Um, you know what? Again, if you can't make a modern version of Smash, make your own Smash, apparently. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> you know, you either you what like okay, make just try making your own Smash. You either get to see yourself become Nickelodeon All Stars stars, or you become PlayStation All Star Battle, or you become Brawlhalla. Uh, oh oh no, oh no, <laughs> oh no, oh. Oh, but yeah, that piece. <laughs> yeah, that is just a uh, a small sample of notable fan games that you know generate so much hype. People like create thousands of articles about, and then is quickly snuffed out. Um, how do you like defend about this? I've heard like Wooly from uh, Castle Super Beast. He released his video, and he was like, "Here's my advice to all you fan game makers: shut the fuck up." Release it when it's done. Don't try to say, hey, guys, look what I'm working on. Here. Here's, here's what I got, guys. Get it before it's taken down. Honestly, like, that's... Like, I don't want to sound, like, underhanded, but that's kind of the best advice. Is like, I know it sucks not being able to generate hype for it, but if you release it and it's finished and they give you a and d here's the thing. You've already planted the seeds. Yeah. Right? It's out there. It's out of your head. Internet's gonna genie's out of the bottle. Yeah, you cannot put squeezed toothpaste back in the tube. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I I can try, but well, either way, it, it, you can try, but you're always gonna miss a few. I mean, you know, the metaphor still stands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's. I, I and again, we are not lawyers by any mean. We do not have a clear grasp on copyright law but we we're just fans and as fans i think the idea is like just shut up keep your head down and release it when it's done and if a company tells you to cease and desist you cease and fucking desist Desist. you will not win (laughs) but let the internet do its thing afterwards (laughs) uh so yeah we want to hear from you guys though if you guys have any fan projects that you absolutely were looking forward to that got canceled before they saw the light of day or somehow managed to actually come out without uh, uh, being C&D to death, let us know. Uh, head us up on the official network socials at NGP Productions on just about everything. You can actually find a link tree to that below. Or where can people find us individually? Antonio? You can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Trifecta. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube also, AKL Trifecta. And you can find all my socials and my choice channel on the link tree in the description below this episode. Honestly, I think it's just much easier to say. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much for listening to our first official episode of Save Point Session. Um, if you like what we do, please do not forget to leave us a rating, a review on wherever you listen to this podcast. And while you're on like that platform, check out the other shows on our network. If you like K-pop, anime, or an awesome tabletop campaign based on Monster of the Week, check it out. I'm sure you'll find something you enjoy. And who knows, if more people like leave us reviews, maybe we'll consider adding a new show on the network and making me do more work. I don't know why I'm putting that out there, because my girlfriend's going to kill me if I find out she finds out I'm working on more shit. I lost myself there for a moment. Gotta take a break, bro. <laughs> uh, but podcasts have to be made, guys. <laughs> but again, thank you guys so much for listening to Save Point Sessions. And until next time, bye, everybody.